Hey, what's up, guys? Jordan Anderson here. Welcome to the one-page proposal. <laughs> uh, the one-page proposal template. Um, yeah, let's get started. Um, the I kind of checked back the audio on the YouTube video, and it's good enough for YouTube videos, but uh, for the podcast, it was just a little too uncomfortable to listen to, so I kind of want to re-record it. Um, so that said, let's kind of go through the reasons why. Uh, I'm doing this one-page proposal, uh, and why I think you should download this one-page proposal and kind of see, you know, kind of incorporate this into your sales process. So the idea behind a one-page proposal is that we as creative businesses, creative firms, video production companies, uh, design agencies, even, you know, especially freelancers and soloists who just don't have all that much time, you're spending a load of time if if you're responding to RFPs, especially those in the corporate world, those in the commercial world, uh, you're spending a lot of time drafting proposals and getting like getting ready for the big pitch, and it's just a waste of time. You know, most proposals that go out from creative agencies are just really kind of they're just pitches in a long you know they're thirty pages, forty pages, fifty pages, and they just include all this kind of uh, just frivolous stuff, fluffy stuff that just doesn't really belong in a proposal and you know and then a client just flips to the back of the page and the last page to see the price and they go, Yeah, no, this is not gonna work. Uh, you know, they're they're putting in the their company history and their in case studies and uh, you know, pictures of each team member and their favorite hobby and then a picture of the office dog and all this, you know, then trying to craft the right and then at, the worst thing you can do in a proposal is throw out the free ideas and give it to the client for free like so it's like it's it's not a good situation to be in it's not something that is uh advantageous that is good for your business that is uh your work it's just a lot of it's a lot of work with no reward so yeah especially the idea it's because because we've all it's like we all know it but we don't say it that if you're handing over a proposal with three of your best ideas that you what's to stop the client from reading those ideas and going oh that's pretty good and then hiring another firm and saying hey this company had three good ideas why don't we go with option a this sounded pretty cool uh and then not hire you and you just you know you've given away all your free ideas um so the idea behind the one page proposal is it just saves you so much time and you're not really you're cutting straight to it like Okay, client. Here are the services. Here are the three options you can go with, and here are the three prices that you, that you feel comfortable with. So let's kind of go through kind of building this proposal, the mindset behind this proposal, and and uh, and the best way to kind of present this proposal to a client. Um, so what do you need before you write this proposal? So there's a lot of key bits of information that you're going to need before you write this. Um, the first one is, you know. Understanding the scope of the project, understanding the why behind the project, uh, why do we need to do this, why do we need to do this right now, and why am I the best person to do this? You know, kind of understand, push back. Uh, you know, what's going to be kind of weird in the sales process that you're maybe not used to is that you need to push back and try to convince the client that, you know, convince the client to not go with you to not do this project. Yeah, because if they if you push back push back push back and they still want to work with you then it was you know great it was meant to be uh if they push back and you say you know why don't you do this in six months why you know why why do you need to do this right now why am i the right person to do this 
uh, it, you know, and like, yeah, you're right. Maybe I can do this a year from now. And it's like, okay, yeah, cool. That, you know, then let's, you know, let's not waste each other's time. Let's pick this up in a year. So, but that, that's getting a little too much in the sales process. Let's kind of, I, I want to focus on building this template. So, um, another thing that you need to have during this process is of course, uh, the price. You need to understand the, the budget. You, a great rule to have from Blair ends. And that's kind of the the core, uh, that's kind of where I got this proposal from is Blair Wren's book, Pricing Creativity, the guide beyond the billable hour or something like that. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. It's a fantastic book. I think it's, um, I think you can buy the digital book. You can buy, you can buy the printed book. It's not available on Amazon. It's only available through womenwithoutpitching.com. And, um, and a lot of those lessons are, are, uh, we'll, we'll kind of go over in, in this episode. Um, where was I? Oh, okay. So, yeah, you need to understand the client's budget in this. You need to kind of, under, you know, they need, the client needs to hear a price before they see a price. The problem with these old school proposals is that you put in all the fluff, all the ideas, all the creativity, the cool cover, and then the client says, you know, subconsciously screw all that, and they flip to page 29, and they see the financials and they go, yeah, we can't afford this. What do you, this number is ridiculous. We, we never said we could afford a hundred thousand dollars. So it's always important that the client hears a price over the phone and, you know, a great kind of little script to do is like, you know, okay. Uh, so, you know, we talked about, a, okay, here are the services, here are the things, you know, maybe we we can think about trying to solve, um, you know, okay, great. Uh, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go away and I'm going to go kind of create this proposal for you guys. And it's going to be kind of somewhere in the range, uh, between 20,000 and 15,000. How does that sound? Any pause. And you still pause. And that's the point you, and it's, and you kind of heard me say like the high number before the low number, 20,000 to 15,000. Why would you say that? That's another lesson we're going to learn in this proposal is that you're anchoring as well. This proposal is also about anchoring the price. Um, maybe some of you guys are, uh, career designers, career filmmakers. Uh, you work in a, you know, maybe you are full-time employed and, uh, you know, when you remember like you're negotiating your salary, you don't want to throw in the number you're comfortable with Let's say, you know, say the number, Say the final number is, uh, you know, you're going to earn $65,000. You don't want to go in saying, I want $65,000 because they're just going to say, okay, well, how about $50,000? And you go, okay, 60, okay, 55. So instead, if you want, if you wanted that $65,000, what you would say instead is, uh, I'm looking for a salary range of $80,000. And they go, okay, how about 60? And they go, well, how about 70? And you go, how about 65? You go, great. This is how we meet. Um, that sounds a little car salesy. That sounds a little old school, but, um, but we'll go, you know, but that's, that's essentially anchoring and we'll kind of talk about anchoring, um, when we get to option three of the proposal. Um, but verbally you want the client to hear something, whether it's over the phone, FaceTime, personal meeting, you want them to hear, you know, in this example of the proposal, the middle number is $15,000. Okay. $15,000. Does that sound good? And you hear them, you, you just shut up, pause, listen to what they have to say, and because that reaction is everything. And they go, 15, $20,000, $15,000, how does that sound? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Okay, great. Or, hmm, well, 
that's a little bit, okay, that's a little steep. All right, well, that's a little, I don't know if we can afford that. Okay, so, you know, all the, whatever the reaction is, you're going to gauge that and either shift the price up or down. Um, but you're going to remember, but if they are comfortable with that $20,000 to $15,000 number, then, then we're going to proceed with a proposal. So that's kind of the core lesson before you build this proposal that you need to have uh, a price in mind. Like there needs to be a number said so that when you hand this proposal, because that's why, again, that's why so many RFPs, so many proposals get rejected is because, we, you know, they flip to the back and they go, we can't afford that. And you go, well, I didn't know you couldn't afford that. We didn't talk about it. You got to talk about price early in the conversation and they have to know what price you're giving them. Okay. They, you know, if they, if they could lie, whatever, you know, they could lie to you, they could say they're comfortable with the number, but uh, you're being honest in your, in your, you know, conversation with them that this is the number I'm going to give you and I'm going to go create a proposal and then you give them a proposal with that number in it. That's the best you can do. So uh, let's actually build this thing. So I've kind of split it up into three columns. I have submitted proposals with four columns, with four options, but three columns is a great start. Um, and and the idea behind this is, you know, if you're looking at it, it's the classic SaaS product, Salesforce, Slack pricing page. You know, any, go to any software on online and go to the pricing page, and you're going to see a uh, you know, a one, two, three, a light, medium, and heavy version, of, uh, you know, or they may call it the light and the professional and the enterprise or the bronze, silver, gold, or the, you know, ABC, you know, what, whatever the, pri the price is called or the, the name of the product or the name of the package is called. Um, that's, kind of, that's kind of the model we're basing it on. Now, these are not pre-made packages. These are not productized services. These are custom services tailored to the solution you're trying to solve with the client. So starting on the left side, option one, um, uh, it's called the client's budget. I want you to not keep that there. I want you to call it option one. Please do not submit a proposal that says client's budget, your target and high anchor. Please change that to something, option one. It doesn't matter. It, just, you know, option one, keep it simple. Option one is meant to look scant. And I kind of write it there, just kind of give you a guideline that it's, you know, it's there to offer, this is going to, adequately solve the client's problem that was described in the sales call and that you're going to give them a good enough bit of value that they feel comfortable and they feel like yeah we pretty much solved this is this going you know if this is a coat of paint on a car maybe this will last a year this won't last five years this won't last 10 years but it's a good enough solve you know a good enough solution to the problem today so that's kind of the, you know, and it's the, and it's going to be the low number. So, um, it's the low number. It's the number that the client kind of gave you or the number that the client felt comfortable with. Now there's nothing that says that you have to, you know, if you, when you throw out the number, say, Hey, I'm going to send you a proposal of 15 to 20,000. Uh, there's nothing that says that you have to give them that. Okay. You know, you can you put it in the proposal somewhere, but there's nothing saying, you know, if they say their budget is $5,000 and you submit a proposal that has 10 and 15 and $20,000 options and then also a $5,000 option, that's fine. Like, you know, let them see, let them kind of see what they're missing out. And we're going to kind of talk about that more as we go to options two and three. They're going to kind of see what they're missing out. Like there's going to be a little bit of pain um, when they see that these are the options that they're buying. So um, 
and like a SaaS product, when you look at those price option one, option one is the smallest. It's got the least amount of features. You know, usually those product those benefits and the features are like crossed out. You don't have to do this here because uh, we're not a SaaS product right now doing this. Um, but you know, make it look small. Here's the here's the services we're gonna offer. The next row is terms. Now terms, I'm going to put this as optional. You can throw terms in the conversation early like this if you want to, or you can save terms for the contract phase. So yeah, terms are, you know, terms are ways to protect you, ways to help the client. Um, if, it's a, if it's on the smaller side, if it's option one, I usually say, you know, terms 100% upfront because this is the budget they're comfortable with and you know, get your money up front and be an advisor, be a, you know, give them the best work possible uh, and not have to worry about payment plans down the road or worry about, you know, that, that's a different episode. Um, and then, of course, then you put the number. Now, you see $7,500 on this little template. You may be thinking, oh, Jordan, why don't I put, you know, like they do it at, at JCPenney. Why don't I do seven four nine nine? Why don't I do, you know, $9.99? You know, that's always a trick that works. It doesn't. In services like this, when they see the 999 or they see the, you know, or, or maybe you want to like make it look like you, you just, it's a little more calculated. So, you, you know, instead of $7,500, you might say uh, 7426. And, you know, it's a very like kind of random number with some, you know, odd, odd or even number at the end. And you're trying to like, you know, make it seem like um, that it's custom made. When they, when it does the opposite, if you put a, to put the like custom made number with all the, you know, seven, four, 21, just kind of odd digits together. It looks like you ran it through a price formula. It looks like you ran it through a computer and said, here are my inputs, here are my outputs. And you ran it through a spreadsheet calculator and said, what's the price I should give them? Which means, which translates to if you're putting, you know, if they think that you're putting it into a computer and putting it in some formula calculator that you don't, you yourself don't control the price, that you are just making it up to or that you're subject to the, the will of the computer or the will of the calculation, which means that they can negotiate you down. If they think that you're running a formula, then they're going to say, why don't you take 20% off the formula? Because you know, because they know that you yourself don't have control of your own price. So, to, so it's going to be a little counterintuitive. I want you to put a big round number there, seventy-five hundred dollars. Because when they see that, they're going to have trouble trying to, you know, because what what calculator, what you know, your go your little home budget or your loancalculator.com, and what you know, tell me which of those come out with a nice even round number. It's it's a weird it's a weird uh, occurrence when it happens. So that's why. Just give them a round number because they're not going to be able to kind of pick it apart or say, where, you know, are, how many hours are going into this or 7,500, what am I getting? Is that, what, okay, you know, it's hard for, it's, it's a harder position for them to negotiate you down, say, and you just say, that's my price. That's what it costs. This is past experience. Whatever excuse you, you don't have to make excuses for your price, but, you know, it's kind of key that you do give them a round number. So let's go to option two. Now, option two is your target number this is this is the point you know on the d distribution chart this is the big bump bell curve bump in the middle they're going to usually go with option two the idea is that they go with option two um now option two is it's the middle option and it's going to really exceed their expectations it's going to give them a ton of value it's really going to 
you know, it's not only going to solve the problem, but it's going to really solve the problem. Um, but at the same time, it's a really profitable enterprise or profitable endeavor for you. You're making a lot of money from it. Um, and that's great. You know, profit's good. Don't be afraid of, <laughs> don't be afraid of profit. Um, and the target number there is, again, it's a n- nice round number. I put 15K as just an example. You can put Ks. You can put all the the big zeros on there. I put, you know, I put the K on there just to kind of make it, you know, look a little cleaner, look a little more professional. Um, again, it's a round number. Um, and then, you know, and again, terms are optional. I kind of loosen it up as the price gets bigger. The third option. I'm calling this the high anchor. Now, of course, change it to option three. Um, but this is meant to look big, fat, big, fat number, big, fat service over. This is the home run. This is everything we're throwing the entire sink, you know, kit, everything with the kitchen sink at it to solve this problem. And this is how, client, we're going to knock it out of the park. This is the full deluxe luxury version and you're going to see that too. It's got, it, for here, I've got like five bullet points. Whereas, you know, you compare it to option one, only has one bullet point. You're, you want them to kind of see that, you know, you, we're not inflicting pain on the client. But if they see, if they're able to see how much you can offer, what you can give them in option three, and then they go with option one, they're going to feel that little cognitive dissonance. You know, they know they need to solve this problem in their business. And they're going to go with the safe option of option one. They know what they're missing out. So that, and what this does too, it kind of sets expectations. So that when, you know, if they went with the safe option one and it wasn't a lot of money and, you know, it's harder for you as the service provider to guarantee that result, guarantee that you're going to solve the problem because they didn't put enough resources towards it. So if they're, you know, and then that down the road, that's going to help build and set the expectations that, well, you know, we didn't exactly solve the problem. Well, you went with option one. Option one was the kind of lighter version. I'm not satisfied with the results. You know, okay, maybe we need to try option two or, you know, maybe, you know, you could have done it. It's implied that they could have gone with option three to really solve the problem. And it said they wanted to take on more risk and just go with option one. So, okay, but I'm backtracking. Option three is the high anchor. This is what I was talking about, you know, when you're in your salary negotiation. This is the big number. Now, this number is meant to, it's, this, option three is going to get chosen less than 20% of the time. And this number is meant to throw the conversation to the right, just really slide that scale, slide that integer number, you know, math nerd. (laughs) It's like, this is the big number that's going to, like, just seem outlandishly big. Because what we're doing is we're creating a comparison. We love to compare things. We love to say this is that. This is not like this. This is not like that. We love comparisons. Because imagine if I were to just send you a proposal with just one number on it that said $15,000, you wouldn't have any references to compare that to. You wouldn't know if it's 15000 versus 1500 or if it's 15000 versus $1.5 million. You would not understand you wouldn't have any point of reference. You'd just see a, a nebulous number, 15,000, and you wouldn't know, whoa, like, there's nothing to compare it to, no value. So by throwing in a higher number, you're able to kind of compare it. They're able to kind of compare things. They're saying, like, well, option two is 15,000, but for over double, I can go with option three. That's it. That's a little much, maybe. That's, a, that's kind of a lot. 
maybe fit, maybe option two is a better deal, and that's how we're going to frame the conversation. We're, we're, we're not trying to convince them. We're not trying to sell them on option two, but just through kind of human psychology that they, you know, pr- price shopping, comparing apples to apples, they're going to see, okay, maybe option two is the better deal. Um, yeah, the, and, and the crazy thing about anchoring, and there's a great book called Thinking Fast and Slow. It's a, it's a little bit of a tough read. Um, I'm still working through it. <laughs> but the I, I read some of the core chapters in it. It's uh, in the author's Daniel Kahneman. Um, it's a great book, Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, it's, it's a white book. It's got a little, like, yellow pencil on it. Uh, but it talks about anchoring. It talks about, like, our mental shortcuts that we take. And they did studies that even when they were told that it's an anchor, even when the subjects were told that this number is strictly here to just throw the number high and they like, okay, and they know consciously out loud, the person said, this is an anchor number. This is not the real number. The the conversation still shifted further up the, up the number scale. So it's, it's that powerful. So by just saying and seeing that big number of $38,000, for example, compared to the 15000 there it's it sticks with them, even if they're consciously aware of it. Uh, and, yeah, so let's now get into how are we going to present this. So we're writing this, obviously, left to right, and the natural tendency is to read this left to right. Um, let's go into, like, how do you present this? Uh, okay, you know, it's a one-page document. Do you just email this? Do you just print it out? Do you, uh, what, what, how do we, you know, what's the best way that it communicates what's inside the proposal while also, you know, making sure the client's not kind of left hanging, you know, being a little confused. This, okay, I would recommend that, and you don't have to do this, but I would recommend that you send this proposal uh, in real time to the client and then get on the phone immediately to talk about it. I would not send this, throw it over, you know, just throw it over the fence, here you go, you know, and run away and say, you know, get back to me in a week, get back to me in two weeks, let me know what you think, uh, and just kind of ghost them. Uh, Because there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of things you're leaving on the table, and and there's the possibility that they're going to read this proposal and be confused or not exactly know what the hell you're talking about with your services or, you know, because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to fit all this information in these boxes. So you might have to use some short-term language, um, shorthand language. Uh, uh, so what I would do is, you know, say you need to set up a call. So the, you say, hey, okay, I'm going to go and create this proposal. It's going to be 20000 to $15,000 in range. How does that sound? Sounds good. Cool. Uh, I'm going to have this proposal done in about 24 to 48 hours. Why don't we get on another call in about 24 hours, and uh, and we'll kind of go over the options. How's that sound? Sound good? Great. And then in those 24 to 48 hours, you're making this proposal. And I say 24 to 48 hours because any longer, and I've kind of experienced that, the magic fades. They kind of forget what they said in the sales call. They kind of, uh, maybe they think, oh, you know, I didn't really need that. Or, you know, it's like, it's the, it's the buyer's remorse before the buyer's remorse, almost. You know, you're like... You know, I've done this with cameras where I get really jacked, you know, get really jacked up. I'm like, yes, you know, I'm going to buy this camera. And I'm like, I think about it for a week. I'm like, eh, well, do I really need this camera right now? Uh, kind of keep it within that 24 to 48 hours where the kind of iron's hot. You got some momentum. Um, and then I would send this, best practice, I would send this via email. 
30 minutes before the sales call. Uh, I say 30 minutes because I've sent, <laughs> I've called them. I said, okay, you know, let's get you on the phone. Let's get, let's get your email opened up. I'm going to send you this proposal via PDF. All right, you got it? No, you don't see it? Uh, okay, check the spam folder. Uh, okay, um, well, uh, you know, and you're like, oh, give me a call back. Or, you know, you're just kind of waiting there like, okay, did you get it now? Oh, why don't you refresh your page? Send it 30 minutes before so that they have time to, that, to hit their inbox and uh, and then text them or email them or say something to them. You know, hey, uh, I don't need you out and about on this call. I need you kind of sitting by a computer. I need you kind of being able to see this proposal and so we can kind of go through it together. Um, please don't be cooking dinner while we're on this call. Um, say that however you want to say it. I'm, you know. Um, so then, you okay, you get them on the phone. You get them ready to go. You got, okay, hey, all right, Jordan, I got the proposal up. Let's take a look at this. And that, obviously, they're going to see the numbers. But how are you going to navigate this is you're going to start on the right side, option three, and you're going to go to option two, then option one. And the logic behind this, and it makes, there's there's a logic behind this, and then there's a psychology trick behind this. The logic behind this is, well, you know, option three has services A, B, and C, and it just kind of trickles down from there. So option three has A, B, and C, option two only has A and B, and option one only has op, ser, op, uh, service A. So that's the logical part. The psychological trick part to it, and I don't like to call it a trick, but it's just, you know, use psychology to your advantage if you can. And it's, it's again, anchoring. We start with the big number. We start the conversation on, on the big number. And then we work our way down. If you started your number on the small number, and I've, and I kind of, when I threw this up on Reddit, I saw a couple people arguing this in the comments that, oh, you know, man, I start on the low number, and then I try to upsell them. So it's like, I, I don't think that works. I think if, if someone's in the budget range to buy something for $1,000, I don't think you're going to upsell them for $10,000. But if you started at $10,000 and worked your way down to $1,000, then they may, if their budget was 1000 they may, you know, shift it up to 2500 I think, I think maybe, I don't know if the word is downselling, but just start with the big number. Start on the right side, understand, you know, make them understand everything in the services that are offered, and then say, okay, and the number is going to be $38,000. Pause, pause, thousand one, thousand two, whatever you got to do on the phone, just sh shut your damn mouth. And um, so with that, make sure I'm still recording because I'm like, this is good. <laughs> we're getting good here. Um, yeah, and pause and then go to option two. Here's option two, blah, blah, blah. It's just this, this, and, it's, and this is the number. And option one, this, this, and then here's this number. Do you have any questions? And then answer their questions. Let them know um, how these calls have kind of gone uh, for me is that, I mean, there, there's a couple of different ways you can go. They're on the phone and they're like, yes, this looks great. Option two, let's do it. Or, you know, or, but typically it's like, okay, well, great. Thanks for showing us this. Uh, we'll get back to you on this. Or I got to go talk to my accountant or I got to go talk to my financial advisor. I need to talk to my, my wife, my husband, just trying to figure out if this is what we should be doing. And you're cool. Just say, you know, great. Let me know. And that's from there because because they'll call you back. You know, I've had clients call me back 24 hours later. Hey, Jordan, this looks great. We're going to go with option three. We're going to go with option two. Uh, let's do it. And you go, great. And then you move on to the onboarding process and the contract and all that stuff. And you actually get your services started. Um, 
it's rare that they're on the phone and they kind of go, this looks great. But what you have done, remember, is you the moment of, we can't afford this, this is ridiculous, is, you know, they, it, it, that, that moment is gone or that moment has been eliminated because, again, in the early sales conversation, you were able to give them a number and you, and it, it's clear. Like you said, twenty twenty thousand to fifteen thousand dollars, and I'm giving you some options here. So they, you know, there's no reason for them to complain. Now, when they're on the phone, they may do a little poker player action, and they may say, you know, oh yeah, this looks great. Hey, this is awesome. And really, in their mind, they're like, we can't afford any of these options. Um, and you're gonna have to kind of navigate those waters on your own. Um, but you know, like I said, all you can do is be as honest as you can up front. And they're not honest, or if they're putting on a front or acting like they can afford you, then <laughs> that's on them. That's you know that's that's uh, maybe that maybe that's a, a a different conversation for attracting the right client. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. So it's one page proposal. It's meant to save you some time. It's meant to you know take out all the crap, take out all the frivolous stuff, take out all the case studies, and really just kind of nail down all the options. Now. The temptation is, uh, well, this needs to be filled up. You know, I can't just give them a, I can't just give them a one-page proposal for fifty thousand dollars. That's, you know, that seems so. You know, it needs to be a fifty-page proposal. That's a lot of money. You know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't. It really, it does not have to be a built-out proposal because it, again, people are just going to flip to the back, look at the numbers, and then try to understand the value. Um, I have in the past added another page to this, and I'll, and I'm, and I'm trying to limit your temptation to expand this more but the second page that i've added is, is you can add it before or after but it's simply now i'd recommend after because you want them to see the numbers and the services first and then you can talk about the second page but on the second page i have put the goals the metrics and the solutions that you're going to offer for the project so you can say you know here's here's client john he does this these are the problems he's facing. These are the metrics we're going to hopefully achieve. And these are the uh, future state. This is the goal that we want to. We want to see an increase in sales by this much number, by this time and date. Um, that's what you can maybe put on the second page. Do not put your autobiography. Do not put any kind of case studies. Do not put your links to your videos and your website and your photos and your portfolio. Don't put anything at that. Because they've already done the shopping around, they've already been to your website, you've already talked to them several times, and they understand who you are. They've done the, it, it, it. Now is not the time in this proposal phase. Now is not the time to start selling them on your credentials and qualifiers. Like if you if you're doing that, then you are, then the, the then you're too early in the process. If you're trying to hand them a proposal before they've shopped around and understand who you are, then it's it's just not the right time. So. Um, yeah, that's about it. You can download this proposal template. Now it's time to a little, you know, I'll give you a little call to action here. You can download the proposal at jordanpanderson.com slash blog slash one page proposal. Um, or you can click the link in this podcast. I uh, should have a link there. Um, yeah. And try to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, again, guys, go check out the book, uh, Pricing Creativity, A Guide to Profit Beyond the Billable Hour by Blair Inns. You can find it on winwithoutpitching.com. It's uh, I'm a big advocate of the book. It's changed my life. And, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, 
Thanks for listening to the Jordan P. Anderson podcast. If you'd like to become a subscriber to my daily email where I talk about business and marketing strategies for your creative small business, then go to tinyletter.com slash Jordan P. Anderson. I also have a few online classes to help get your creative business off the ground. You can find these classes at jordanpanderson.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.